This episode is brought to you by New Energy. Adam, buddy, we're on to round two. We survived another one. Uh, NFL draft tonight. Uh, you just got back from the Nino, so uh, late episode recording this one here. Big, big uh, start to round two, though. Do you catch much of the, the Pens Caps or the Sharks Knights? Yeah, I was flipping back and forth between the draft and the Capitals and Penguins game, and I think I thought things were going pretty good. And then we, me and my buddy went to Quesada to get some burritos, and we were standing in there, and I refreshed Twitter, and I saw some gif of Crosby scoring to tie the game up, and I was like, well, we literally just left, and it was 2 nothing, so that kind of sucked. Dude, I love a good burrito. I go and crush, like, uh, Chipotle or uh, Qdoba in the States. Probably one of the best parts about yeah, down there. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Mexican food in the States was just next level. There's nothing like it in Edmonton. I mean, they've got their fake, authentic Mexican. They're not real. That's, uh, we want straight border jumpers. I'm not sure if you're allowed to say that even. But, yeah, dude, Crosby was nasty. Like, he started that comeback. Him and Gensel... Like a self-breakout, bang, 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 they get down the other way, tip in, then Crosby goes five-hole, and then Buddy went, goes and tips one on Holtby, so that's a classic Holtby choke, though. Like, you've been a Caps fan for long enough, so you've seen it, obviously, but, dude, I mean... He didn't, he didn't play bad, like, so, like what was there, like, two or three tips on the goals? He didn't, play, he didn't play bad, but, dude, you need those big saves, like, Murray dives across the crease... In the second and third period, makes a nasty paddle save. And I mean, you just gotta. I mean, if if the Caps want a, a chance at that series, hope he's gotta make some big saves. And I think that's what it comes down to. It's you, you can't win with just okay goaltending. And that was kind of the same thing. Like we'll get into this in a little bit, but the same thing with Tuukka Rask. Where like, I don't know. If you look at the goals, they weren't like horrible goals, but. At the same time, you look at it, it's like, man, just give us a save or stop killing the momentum or something like that. Shout out to Marshy there. Captain Marshall goes in defense, Tuca, on Twitter. Love seeing that. Uh, hey, thanks for everyone who follows us on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. Check us out. Also, check out the blog, World Hockey Report. Go give it a read. Yeah, Tuca was not pretty. The worst part about that was, like, Tuca had an 8.33 save percentage and Reimer had an 8.29. Then there's people who are going to try to say, like, oh, it wasn't, or not Reimer, holy, we're uh, looking back here, Freddie Anderson there. And everyone's trying to chirp me, saying, like, yo, it wasn't Anderson's fault. Like, you know, he played a good game. He had an 829 save percentage. Like, process that through your small brain, people. That is pathetic. There was literally one goalie in the entire NHL that had a worse save percentage than an 829, and that was Dylan Ferguson. Kid came from Kamloops and played a couple of, like, half of a game in Vegas. Like, like half and- a period. Yeah, okay, well, same thing, but you cannot back up Anderson and say that there was no blame on him for that Game 7 loss because he was not good, the Toronto Maple Leafs were not good, and, I mean, frankly, they don't deserve to move on. Gardner was a dash five. You don't want to put it all on the kid, but dude, he was bad. Morgan Riley, how many turnovers did he have? Like, I mean, a dozen. It was it was not pretty all round for that Leaf squad. Like we t- 
talked about it the whole year that their defense wasn't any good, and then sure enough, their defense screws them in Game Seven, and they lose. They uh, get a touchdown scored on them. But I don't know. They Matthews clearly wasn't himself. Uh, Nylander was kind of useless. Bozak and JVR were useless. Kadri didn't do anything other than get suspended. <laughs> like, and the right the right side of their defense was Ron Hainsey, Roman Polak, and. Nikita Zaitsev, who I've never been a fan of, and neither has Don Cherry. So, you know, if Don Cherry's not a fan of him, then you don't really have much of a player. There. Pump the brakes. Uh, Don Cherry said Freddie <laughs> Anderson was the best goalie in the world about half a dozen times over the past week. And, oh, man, did I have to bite my tongue. Like, there's no way. There's, there's, I mean, you got to have, a, I love Don Cherry. Let's, let's, let's start off with that. But you have to have a, a few screws loose. If you think Freddie Anderson is the best goalie in the world, like, you're kidding me. That's horrible. Yeah, well, that, I don't even know what he was saying. That was kind of, Anderson's not even, like, top five. That's a freezing cold take. Well, how's it free? Well, oh, yeah, like, it's it's that obvious. Is that what freezing cold is? Yeah, I, I, I've just seen it on oh, Twitter, yeah. so I'm going to steal it now. Freezing cold, like, hot take. That's, like, a kind of cool good take I just shout out there uh, I think we were chirping Ryan Whitney today he said Vegas is legit well no shit they just swept LA in four now all of a sudden they go and drop a touchdown on San Jose they made them look like mincemeat in the first like six minutes of the game that was embarrassing Vegas made San Jose look stupid you turn the TV for five minutes you turn it back it's three nothing and Twitter's blowing up but honestly in the Leafs series what'd you expect they're top four D-men, they wouldn't even be like bottom four D-men on Nashville. Or like, I mean, that's kind of an unfair comparison, but I don't really know with Morgan Riley. Like, he's a good second-pairing guy, but you don't want to have him kind of in your top two. Uh, Jake Gardner's such a wild card. Like, there's some plays that he makes where he'll, like, give a guy a breakaway or make a sick play to set up a goal, but he's so indecisive and just then he goes dash five in game seven, so that kind of hurts him. That's pretty bold uh, to say Morgan know. Riley's a five sixty man. Like you know, I, I'm not a huge Morgan no, I, Riley. I said like three. He's a three. He's not a one or two. He's the three four. I I, I agree with that. I I really he hasn't. I don't know. He hasn't knocked my socks off. Like he's a solid D man, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure he's a Sasky boy too. So give him a little bit of credit. There, he played in Saskatchewan. No, he played. He played in Saskia. Yeah. Okay, same thing. I mean, close enough, right? He's half Saskatchewan. Shout out Patty Marlowe. The guy's like 900 years old, and he goes and bingos the first two goals. And how many people were literally, I, I don't know if, if that was the same thing in good old Toontown there, but everyone's like, oh, the Leafs are the favorite now. Like, you know, this team's unstoppable. Once they get going, if no one's suspended, if the, if the refs don't screw them over, this team could go all the way. Like, people, you're putting your money on a bunch of 20-year-olds. I'm not sure like, how old Matthews Marner they are, like, but I mean they could play junior hockey still. Like they're that is a ridiculously young team to go and put that type of expectation on. I, I really Toronto had a couple of good runs. Yeah, sure they're offensive. They are far from a playoff team. They are half a playoff team at best. They caught Boston sleeping for two games. That's it. Yeah, like what they dominate, like maybe like they were 
the better team in like three periods in a seven game series. Calling them a non playoff team might be a bit of a stretch, but no, yeah, I'm not they, saying they're not a playoff team. They can make it. They're just not built like a playoff team. Like you know, they're not a team that could go two three series. They're they're not a team that's tough enough physically, mentally. I mean, they're sure as hell aren't experienced enough. They don't play like a playoff team. Like, you know, I mean, I think if they play a team like Vegas, they get stomped twelve nothing. Hot take. Boston might be better than Vegas. Like, the, I don't know. We talk if we hammer the playoff format for like ten minutes each episode. So I think people know that the Leafs finished third and they're playing the second best team in the whole conference, which kind of sucks for them. But at the same time, the fate was in their own hands, and they had a lead after the second period. Like it was pretty inevitable that they're going to give it up. But I don't know. They Babcock's use of Austin Matthews was pretty strange. Like I know Matthews wasn't very good in the series, but he deserves to play. He deserves to be treated and played like a star player, not like sixteen, seventeen minutes. I was going to say the second power play unit. Didn't he get like fourteen fifty the one night? Yeah, and this year in the regular season, I heard this stat today. He had the 38th uh, average, like most average uh, time on ice for center. Like he played less minutes than Nick Schmaltz this year, like average. <laughs> what a move, Babcock! Power move. How about Babcock? I mean, we don't rip on the guy. Good, good guy. Well, somewhat of a good guy. We'll we'll give him a little bit of credit there. Yeah, Sasky boy. But it was he hasn't been out of the first round in like. I, it wasn't nine years or something. It was something stupid. I don't. You might be able to fact check me. I don't. We don't have a producer well, to get swept, these stats, He got swept his last year in Detroit, which would have been like 2015 or something like that. So he got swept his last year in Detroit in 2015 when they lost to Tampa. So like, yeah, yeah, bad. He hasn't done anything since like what, like 2011 or 12. It's like that. What the heck's that new coach for Calgary, Bill something, Bill Peters? Bill, Bill Peters. Yeah, what's what's he done to get that job? How are they so high on this guy? I mean, I want whatever they're taking. If they think this guy's going to turn around this franchise, dude, he was like a seventh assistant coach on the Olympic or world championship team. Like, literally, you could have put my dog on that bench and, they, and he'd have a ring. Like, there is... You, you don't have to coach when you're choosing which Norris candidate or winner is going to be your seventh D-man night in, night out. Like, there, and I mean, yeah, and he like, was, he was what? subpar with a pretty skilled Carolina team. We'll get to, uh, one of those Carolina prospects. That Martin Neckash kid, you remember him from World Juniors? Um, yeah, I saw him at a preseason game in September and said, this guy's nasty. Dude, he was nasty for Kometo Berno. They, uh, went and won the Czech League, but, yeah, I mean, the kid's ridiculous. Actually, like, super looking forward to him. But yet again, I mean, Carolina has such a skilled team, and Bill Peters couldn't coach him to score a power play goal. I mean, they were... That was just a subpar, boring team that had no interest. If you want to have a coach on your team who publicly rips his players for, like, 20 minutes after a game, well, actually, just a couple minutes, but, like... Shout out Eddie Lack. Yeah, I don't, like, what's he done? His win totals are, like, 35, 35, 36. And for the past three years, or ever since he's been in Carolina, like, they've been everybody's, like, trendy team to maybe, like, 
make a splash or like, oh, don't be surprised if the Hurricanes sneak into the playoffs and make some noise this year. And it just has never happened. And how Scott you, Darling how was the their starter. And then finish 26 in goals. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> that was just a bust of a team. Like, who's, who's that D-man that they're so high on? He's playing the OHL. Is that like Chikrin or something? No, Chikrin's on Arizona. Okay, not Chikrin then. I don't know. They got some. They got Jake. They got Jake Bean in the dub. No, no, no. It's some European, Eastern Euro, Russian, some sort of loser who is tearing up. He might have been. In, uh, no, maybe not Sue. Maybe like Peterborough or something. I don't know. But they've got some D man who they're super high on. But that is a team that I could see. Well, what are they? They they were offering their GM like four hundred G's. They gave Ron Francis the boot. What are they, they're going to pay their head coach, what, like 75 grand? Like, you know, I, that's a team that's just made to fail. They're struggling with attendance. They can't even spend their full salary cap. It's disappointing. Yeah, and I don't really know what their plan is either. Like, they're not quite in Minnesota territory because they haven't made the playoffs, but it's like, they're okay. And then they, uh, they just, like, don't make the playoffs because they don't have any star players. The thing is, like, they've got potential. Like, what did Skinner had, like, 37 goals this year? Put him on a real team with a real coach? That would be a good start. Yeah. And then, like, Victor Rask and Hannafin and... I think Sebastian Ajo is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, he's gross. Yeah. And so, like, what is Carolina... Carolina literally has no excuses. This Bill Peters better not be a joke in Calgary because... You just can Glenn Gullitson, who I don't care. He wasn't a bad coach. He might not have been the best. But Bill Peters hasn't had more than 36 wins in a season, I don't think. Like, this guy coached yeah, CIS hockey in Lethbridge. In Lethbridge. Yeah, against the U of A when he was at University of Lethbridge, he was like 1-17. But I guess the only thing I'll defend him on is that Scott Darley and Cam Ward probably aren't an answer in that. Like, at the same time, like, you had a couple. You have a lot of talented forwards in Carolina that you did absolutely nothing with. Very true. Very true. Well, we're speaking on goalies. Uh, I'll fire a quick one at you, but the Oilers. I know they were talking about Nico Koskinen. I heard something stupid about like two and a half mil for numerous years. That's not going to happen. Don't believe that BS. He's not going anywhere unless he's a starter. I'll hot take. Mark my words. I'll put down money on that one. He's not going to go somewhere to play 20 games this season. Like, he's on the best team in Russia. He's getting treated like a legend. But he's but he's just racking in the money there. So, but who do the Oilers go for a backup? I mean, Montoya, not good enough. Brossois, nope, dish him off. Uh, they don't really have any, any anyone else. I mean, Stuart Skinner's, yeah, no, he's not going to be there. That Ellis guy's not horrible in the in the minors, but he's not backup material yet. So who do they go with? I don't know, and it can't be an exp- expensive. Uh, like they kind of talked about them going after that whatever Miko Koskin guy at two and a half million, but you got an extra like eleven or eleven or twelve million on your cap this year, so you don't exactly have two and a half million to spare on a good goalie. So. Yeah, I don't know, and they need somebody there pushing Cam Talbot because you can't start him 75 games next year. And, yeah, it's been a problem. Yeah, they've never had a good backup goalie for how long. And, yeah, you're you're not going to be able to pay one, so you better hope that one of these 
guys turns out, which now, they probably won't. We rip on the Edmonton media a lot, but I was hearing some good talk. I don't know if it was this week or last week, but they were talking about like the best Edmonton Oilers backup goalie of all time. And that's hard to think. I mean, UC Markinen, 06. Who, I, who else did they have? Who have they had in the past 10, 20 years who's been a half decent backup goaltender? Nobody. Straight like up. That Anders, when, when Talbot first got there, him and Anders Nielsen were split in time. And Nielsen had like some really good games, although he led in three shitty goals. But I don't know. They literally, literally, they haven't had one. It's probably because they haven't even had a good starting goalie for the last 10 years either. Cam Talbot, eh? I'm not sure. I'm not sold on him. He's good. Is he great? He had a good playoff run. Don't get me wrong, but so did Dwayne Rollison, and uh didn't work out. Didn't work out perfectly. Um, Anything else there kind of in round one? I know uh, my bracket was pretty, pretty solid. Seven of eight on my first round predictions. Not a big deal. Uh, LA did screw me over. That's still a rough one. I, I'm still choked. Like, I had them pick to go win the cup. I, I honestly think Vegas will. Like, whoever got out of that series could win the cup. And now Vegas just goes and lays an absolute licking on San Jose. So, uh, what was your first round bracket looking like? Pretty good. Like, in the West, I was pretty accurate, except I also took LA, but after, like, the first, period of that series I said what the hell am I doing um and then the east I definitely had Boston I had Tampa I had Pittsburgh and then yeah I had Washington too um it'll probably be screwed after the second round I still got my picks in my head which we'll get to but yeah my bracket's good yeah I took a pretty big hot take there on Twitter I was like you know what I'm just going to predict my second round right now, and we're going with that, just so everyone knows. And be prepared for that to be retweeted about nine times before we uh, get to the conference finals. Because, yep, that's uh, Cody's picks are looking A100. Guaranteed. Lock them. Put money on it. Boston's... I hate seeing all these Toronto fans now. Instantly, they start to rip on Boston. Like, oh, Boston's not that good. Tampa's going to handle them in four, like... Tampa in five. There's no way the Bruins can do this. And I get it. Tuka Rask was not good. But hold the farm here. Let's not count out the Bruins too quick. Like, they played Tampa pretty tough this season. And yet again, Toronto's offense isn't bad. Toronto does not have a bad offense by any means. And who's to say that Stamkos, Kucherov, Tyler Johnson, Braden Point can play that tough, gritty, borderline old-fashioned playoff hockey that Boston seems to still play. I think Point's a pretty gritty guy. Like I, don't, I still don't know what to think of Tyler Johnson as a player. Like He's okay, but he's not like a stud. Uh, Stamkos is good, but I don't know. Like He doesn't ever like take over games. Like You know how like the star players really take over games? Stamkos will like get a good shot off and maybe score, but he won't ever... like. Just take over a game where you say, like, wow, that guy's really going. Um, yeah, it'll be a different test for Kucherov having to go up against Bergeron every shift and going up against Chara opposed to whoever the hell's on the Devils to shut him down. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, Chara and McAvoy are better than Andy Green and fucking Damon Severson or, like, Will Butcher, whoever's putting out there. So, yeah, I think it'll be a good series, though. Like, their games are pretty entertaining and tense. 
You know who I, I totally, I don't think we brought him up on the show, but dude, Will Butcher's pretty good, eh? Like, I mean, I haven't seen too much of New Jersey. We don't really, I don't really get too many games out here to watch them, but that Butcher's good. Like, he's anchoring their first power play. He's playing some big minutes. That's a, that's a guy with potential. I really think that he is going to be a, a top two D-man for a long time. Yeah, and he was a good college signing for them. I think he had like three apples in his first game. So, yeah, you know, puck moving D-man, you definitely need those in today's game. He was one of the most sought-after guys, too, coming out of college. So, probably shouldn't have been too shocked. But, yeah, just his impact. I mean, his first like full season with the Devils. So, impressive performance. And I, I could really see more teams start starting to go towards that college defenseman route just because they're coming out a little bit more mature. Like, you know, you, you don't get too many of those guys like Provorov and stuff now. Even Wierenski, he fast-tracked to get to college. And then I think even even the year where you're playing against guys who are kind of 23 and 24 opposed to CHL guys who are playing against like 16, 17, 18-year-olds, so, yeah, I think even, like, the year makes a big difference where you can skip over the AHL because they don't, like, they know how you play against men because you already did it in college. I'd agree. I'd agree with that for sure. Um, other series in the West, though, heard a lot of talk about that, a lot of chit-chat going on, Winnipeg-Nashville. I know you're pretty high on this series, but Twitter, social media seems to be blowing up. Like, this is the Stanley Cup Finals. This this game is unbelievable. This is going to be the best series of all time. I think this is getting hyped up too much. Like, let's pump the brakes. It's going to be a good series. But I'm still not sold that the winner of this series is going to win the cup or even get there. Like, you know how there's a noticeable difference from playoff intensity and regular season intensity? Of course, of course. The last two or three times the Jets and Nashville played, it was honestly a playoff game, and I... Don't ever throw that term out in the regular season because I think it's so far off when people say, "Oh, the like the playoff intensity is here tonight." It's like no, the playoff intensity is times ten. But like those Nashville Winnipeg games, and even like they literally didn't mean any anything because I think like they played like game like seventy five or something, and it was a foregone conclusion that Nashville was taking the the division or whatever. So the game didn't really have a point. Winnipeg knew they were playing, getting second and playing Minnesota, but. The intensity in those games were crazy, and Mark Shifley and P.K. Subban were going at it. The thing that still irritates me is Nashville played their backup goalie in, like, the last two of three against Winnipeg. So how much do you read into that, and really, if, if, Na- if I mean, if Pecorini plays good, can Winnipeg still compete with them? I mean, I, I get it. Winnipeg's offense is elite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great. It's Patrick Liney's nasty. Shifley's nasty. Kyle Connors is probably one of the best rookies in the league this season. But, dude, if Nashville's firing on all cylinders, they've got their top guns in. It. I don't think it's going to be as close as everyone's saying. I really don't. I personally think Winnipeg's going to win this series. And everyone's talking about how good Nashville's forwards are. This is a pretty bad analogy, but I played with them on Shell the other day, and their like top their top six isn't as good as everyone thinks it is. Like honestly, to me, Victor Arvidsson looks like one of the worst hockey players in the world, but he's a thirty goal scorer in like back to back years, uh, pretty opportunistic and like a grinder, but gets it done. 
And then, like, what's their second line, though? Like, Kyle Turris didn't have a shot in the first three games of the Nashville series. Uh, Fiala's pretty nasty, but, like, can he get it done against Bufflin and Myers on the back end? Uh, we'll wait to see, because much like Tampa kind of going from New Jersey's D to Boston's D, what about Nashville going from fucking Colorado's D, who's without Eric Johnson, and who they have, like, former, like, Blade Duncan Siemens, shout out Saskatoon, um, against, like, them, and now they're going to go to Bufflin, who killed about six guys in the first round. And then, like, Ryan Hartman giving up a first-round pick for a fourth-line fourth guy, like, sure, go ahead. That's the most absurd analogy I've ever heard. Maybe on any podcast show ever. That's, uh, I can't even believe it. I was just using them on chill. That's, uh, I, I get it. Nashville's offense is not like superstar powered. They're a pretty balanced team though. That's, that's what they've got going for them is, you know, they're definitely not one side heavy. I still like them though. That's, um, yeah, if we. Austin, Austin Watson's, Austin Watson's points per game go up like by point three in the playoffs. Not bad. Not bad. I agree though, is that some of those guys maybe a little bit too big of a challenge going against Bufflin and Myers. But yet again, with Nashville's depth, if they can get that secondary scoring like they got last year, they should be okay. I mean, if, if Hellbuck's gonna steal games, then all the power to him. I mean, he's gonna, He's gonna win some games there for Nat or for Winnipeg and keep him in a series, but he's got to do that. And same goes for Pekarinic. I mean, that's um, it's gonna come down to where these two teams are pretty evenly matched up. Nashville's got that experience. Winnipeg doesn't. Yeah, I, I, I'm I am looking forward to that one though. It's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good series, but everyone's hyping it up just a little bit too much, a little bit too much for my liking. Um, heading over to the East. Maybe it's because the first round, maybe it's just because the first round was so shitty that everyone's like, oh, this is the one to look forward to. I guess we're not. So maybe it's already in your mind where it's like, it can't be as good as everyone thinks, thinks it is. Well, the first round, we only saw one upset and that was San Jose over Anaheim, which wasn't an upset because I that wasn't picked... even That was not an upset. I know that's, well, I mean like standings wise it was, but you know how many, I've, I've been like a, a Playoff work bracket, and don't get me wrong, I i mean, I work with a bunch of idiots for uh, some of them, so it's, uh, I want to cut that out, probably not. Um, yeah, so, so many, of, like, a ton of them were like, oh, San Jose doesn't have a chance, like, Anaheim's got Gibson, right, it's, oh, they're a lock, they've got playoff experience, and then, boom, San Jose just annihilates them. And I still like San Jose's offense, obviously Vegas put them in the child wagon today dropped a touchdown on them but flurry looks good for vegas that's a team that's just they're hot they're rolling they love playing at home they can do some damage some serious damage but i'm not counting san jose out that's a that's a pretty uh mature team with experience i think they'll bounce back they'll uh they'll definitely give vegas a run for their money yeah i think so also and the addition of evander kane is kind of changed the way like they're top sixes and he fits in nicely and adds some toughness like we'll see what happens after his cross check to Belmar but yeah I, I probably would have picked San Jose in six like before tonight and I guess I have to stick with that like they'll probably have to like the one in six I guess it's it's not a series until you lose a game on home ice right like that's kind of what I always that's what I agree with like I've heard people say it and 
I agree. Like you lose in the first game, like it's the same as losing two one in overtime. I guess. I I've got a uh, Vegas in six for that one. So I other way around, but I I do think that San Jose can still make it a series. And I've actually loved watching Evander Kane play because when he was almost like relied upon as like a leader in Buffalo, eh? like you know he had a lot more pressure on him. Whereas in San Jose, he's got those leaders around him. He just he just play hockey, just be a kid. Yeah, whatever. that guy's like, not a leader. No, no, for sure. I mean, the only thing he might be leading some underground fight club or something. Like, guy's an absolute wild cannon. But yet again. He he's got the opportunity to just just play hockey in San Jose, and it, it's helping him. He wouldn't have even played in the playoffs before this year, but he seems like he's the type of guy who's built for playoffs, like big winger who hits and fights and scores and well, in the gets dub, he was the nasty. Guys, dub playoffs, yeah, like he one was of the sick. juniors in dub. Yeah, he was exactly built. For, I mean, he's a big moment player. He's a he's an energy electricity guy. Electric Factory. I uh, love that one. No, he's, he's a solid player, and he'd fit in great on those Boston Bruins, eh? Yeah, but I don't think they're struggling for forward depth. No, that's uh, Jake DeBrusque. Comes through big. Shout out. I former. never thought he'd be like, he'd be that good. Like, I obviously saw him playing Swift Current, and then my buddy actually got traded from, and like when he got traded to Red Deer, and, like, I don't know, like, I saw him play, like, right after he got traded to Red Deer, and I said, like, this guy's okay, like, seems like an opportunistic scorer who had 40 goals just because, like, he goes to the net and, like, puck kind of bounces to him because he's in the right areas. But his skating, like, he's completely redone his skating, and it kind of showed when he just manhandled Gardner. Shout out Swift Current Saskatchewan. Broncos, baby. Uh, yeah, he's a great, he's a, like, he's a power forward. Well, I guess I wouldn't call him a, a true power forward, but just the way he uses his size, his speed, and he's, he's not a fancy stick handler. He's not going to turn you inside out, except for Jake Gardner. Uh, that was a whole, I mean, I don't know what Gardner was even doing there. They was like, oh, he, they thought he was going to go behind the net. Well, no, Gardner turned towards the middle. Took a like a twenty degree angle towards the post and clearly gave him a partial breakaway. But DeBrusque is solid player. He's not afraid to go to the net. He's gonna get those dirty goals. He's gonna get in that dirty area and he's not gonna chuck knucks like uh, Papa DeBrusque. But dude, coming through clutch. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they didn't give uh, Ryan Donato a shot yet. But I guess like it's probably pretty tough. Like you go and play like ten games, you're not gonna. You're probably not going to be able to adjust that quickly to the playoffs. But how gross is Pasternak, though? Like, some of the shit he tries and pulls off. That guy is nasty. 13 points through that first round for him. Five bingos. He's. It's not like he's come out of nowhere, but he's taken his game to that next level. Yeah, because he was bad in the playoffs when they lost to Ottawa last year. He was. He was. Their their whole team underperformed. Obviously, it's not like they were. They were pretty. But Brad Marchant too. Nine points for him. Like he he's he's not putting up like a he's not a point factory. Obviously, but dude, that line. And then I mean, Bergeron's been solid as well. When he's I, he's obviously playing through injuries or something. But that's a team I'd be scared for. I I like I picked Boston to go to the Cup Finals and. uh Lose to someone, we won't say to who, but yeah, I, I like Boston. 
for coming out of the East still. For all the listeners wondering to why Cody didn't say to who, it's because he picked LA to beat Boston in the Cup final. Um, yeah, though I think uh, like their first line, honestly, even like Rick Nash, like I know he didn't really do anything, but like he's still out there and still a threat to score. And then Krejci was kind of being stupid that series where he turned over at the blue line every other shift. Um, but like they're still good. And then even like the big guys like Schaller and like uh, Sean Corrales, like they're good fourth line guys where maybe you'd rather have like Ryan Donato or Danton Heinen in the lineup over like guys like that and Tommy Wingles. But I think on your fourth line, you want those types of guys. How stupid was uh, Nash there? Like, when they were tied, they were tied 4-4. He gets uh, knocked down, high stick something, right? So they're going to go to the power play. And he comes back with just this stupid, buffoon, loser, lunatic play. He goes and evens it up by cross-checking Buddy in the face. Like, you are kidding me, Rick Nash. How how old are you? How many world championships? How many playoff series have you played in? And you're going to do something that stupid in a game seven? Oh, I was fired up. I was not impressed. Wasn't having any of that one. He's probably frustrated with how the series was going and how the game was going to that point. But I guess he played in Columbus for like 10 years, so he doesn't really know how the playoffs work. Fair enough. I um, World Championships is coming up. Shout out to that. But remember Rick Nash's nasty goal against Finland? It was probably like 30 years ago now, it feels like. But we had like three yeah, really guys... Cut that... inside and out like eight times. No, that was NHL. That was against Phoenix. Oh, that was... That was yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. World Championships with Canada. Like He had like nine guys hooking him, and he was like falling down and went like backhand shelf. Nasty. I think it was on Kari Lettinen, too. Or maybe it was someone else. I don't yeah, know. I know which I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, pretty sure Gord Miller was calling it. Shout out, one of the best play-by-play guys out there, without a doubt. Um, let's let's touch on that last Eastern Conference series because Washington choked today. Your Washington Capitals. Um, yeah, that's a three-two. They're up two rip in the third, and they find a way to blow a lead against Pittsburgh. I'm still gonna say they're gonna win this series in six. They're gonna win. Game two and game three, lose game four, win games five and six. Okay? <laughs> that's yeah. that's what happened. Uh, I don't know. Like, It just seems like everything that's gone wrong this year, it hasn't gone wrong in years past, and that's why you got to feel optimistic, right? Because Braden Holby has been great the regular season and like kind of questionable in the playoffs, but he's got pretty unlucky, unlucky and his numbers are still good. But this year, he was horrible the last two months of the season, and now he's good in the playoffs. I thought you were going to say Braden Holby was good in the regular season this year. And I was like, what are you on right now? Yeah, because he was bad. He was bad for sure. But, I mean, Hornquist tips that one. Crosby goes five-hole. Gensel buries, like, Gensel's got another three-point night. That kid is fire times three. I think he's got six. I think he's got sixteen P's for him already. This seven point or seven goals for him and Crosby. Ovechkin's snipe was sick though. Two on one walks in roof daddy on Murray. No chance. No chance at all. Two on one. Ovechkin's obviously keeping that and firing it. Hey. Yeah, he's got to. I mean, he's got best shot in the world, basically. 
Like, I mean, yeah, sure, Patrick Liney might be up there, but let's not kid ourselves. Ovechkin is one of the greatest shooters of all time. There's, you cannot argue that. 100%. So you've got uh, Washington in 6A. That sounds stupid. I'll take Pittsburgh. I can't remember. I've got Pittsburgh in 5 or 6. I want to say I went bold and picked 5, but there's a chance I went safe bet and said 6, so... Either or, I mean, the Pens are winning. Don't kid yourself. Eventually, they got to tire out, right? Like, they played 300 games the last three years. Dude, they're not tiring out. They just keep bringing in these young kids who are going to rip it up, and they're just going to keep going through and cycling through. Like, when Crosby and Malkin aren't being relied upon to win them games, they are golden. Okay, there's no... There's no way Malkin does not have a torn ACL or MCL in his knee. Like, did you see how he fell? I didn't, actually. I haven't seen the video yet. Well, I, I kind of seen it today when I was scrolling through social media, but had to run, so I didn't actually get to watch the full thing. But, yeah, is it pretty bad, eh? Yeah, his knee, like, completely buckled underneath him. And, like, if it holds you out of, like, two or three Stanley Cup games, then you know something's definitely wrong, right? Like... I mean, there's guys playing with, like, pretty bad injuries, and, like, you hear today, like, somebody, like, I think it was Nico Heischer, he played, a, like, the whole year with a chronic hand injury. Wayne Simmons played the year with, like, a torn hip the whole year, something ridiculous. Torn like growing. And then he, like, didn't miss a, yeah, torn growing, and then he didn't miss a game when he broke his ankle. Like, and even in the playoffs, that's, like, times five, where guys just aren't missing games, and, like... I think for Malkin especially, like there'd have to be something seriously wrong with him for him to miss a couple games. Dude, they they've just got and it. Haglin just probably dead after Drew killed him. <laughs> that was crazy. Um, what was his name there, buddy? On the Flyers, there tore his MCL, Kachuri or whatever. Oh yeah, Kachuri. Yeah, nasty. Didn't he have a five He's point good. night with like a torn MCL? Yeah, he scored the winner. <laughs> he scored the winner on in game five, and then he had a five point night. In game six. I'm pretty sure I just seen on SportsCenter, like, this morning, that some guy missed a playoff game due to, like, having a cold or the flu in the NBA. So, yeah, what a sport, eh? Guys are playing on, like, torn MCLs and stuff. Then you look at the association and guys are just pull and shoot for no reason. Like, there's a different type of pain. Like, I'm not protecting the NBA players or baseball players who, like, last couple weeks broken too. But I'm just saying, like, there's a different type of of pain, right? Like, it's just your knee that hurts, and you can, like, throw a brace and put some painkillers in, but, like, when you're sick, like, you literally can't do anything. Okay, dude, it's playoffs. Like, guys can... No, I, I know, like... <laughs> there, there comes a point in time where, like, if you can sit on the bench and watch the game, and you're not gonna play because you're sick, you are fine, buddy. Like, you are in half-decent shape. What did Bergeron play through a couple of years ago? Like a punctured lung, like he might have had half a heart or something. Like he was, I thought he was borderline, like drive to the ER after the game. He was honestly probably close to dying. What a, what a, what a clutch guy there. So uh, just to summarize some of those picks, I think going into this one, I got Pittsburgh, I got Boston, I got Nashville, and of course those Vegas Golden Knights, baby. I'll go to the conference finals. As for Adam, I mean, you can listen to his picks, but they're not that good. Just lock in mind, they're good. I literally have the opposite of you. I have Winnipeg, I think I said six, 
San Jose, six. Washington, six. And Boston, seven. If you go 0 for 4, you're getting banned from Twitter. Getting getting the de- yeah, getting the deactivate. No more no more well, hot takes. Like all the series, all the series are pretty close, and I guess two of my picks are down 0-1 anyways. Wow, long series. At least I'm not being a band. At least I'm not being a bandwagon and like changing my picks after I see a team get spanked seven nothing. That's true because there's. Not gonna point out those Leafs fans or Oilers fans, but yeah, they seem like uh, someone who would uh, pick something like that. But before we get to playoffs here, uh, let, let me tell you about some uh, new energy we've got going on. Kids been just flying new off energy. the walls. New energy! Get those things flying, unreal. They're like grape candies, actually. Started downing those. Gonna wake up tomorrow morning, probably crush a few of them. Go hit up the golf course. Sunny and 25 in Canada, looking forward to that. But, dude, I mean, if you're so busy these days and, you know, we're always on the go, after lunch and work seems to suck. You're in school, right? So you're going through finals and stuff. Can't even drink enough coffee. The crash starts to hit you. You know as well as I do, the boys on our team need us in the evening. We have a family to go home to, errands to finish. Can seem impossible to find that energy, especially after a long day of work. Might need some new energy in your life. You got to try this stuff. New Energy is a smarter choice. It's powered by blueberries and antioxidants. It's clinic- it's clinically proven chewable tablet. Gives you a boost of energy and focus without that awful caffeine crash. Best part, zero sugar, zero calories, zero crash, and zero jitters. Get that beach body on. It's great for you. I mean, it's unbelievable how well this stuff works. And, you know, you want it shipped right to your door. Find it online. Just go to our website, World Hockey Report. Go find it on there. Also, I mean, you search it up on Amazon, getnewenergy.com. That's getneuenergy.com. No hassle. No more stopping at the gas station or coffee shop every morning. Each stick of new energy comes in a resealable package with three servings. Easily take it with you wherever you go. They're chewable. They taste great. Amazing. Great's an understatement. Melt right in your mouth. You can take them without water. Whether you're a serious athlete or just a 9-to-5 workhorse, get the energy you need for your everyday life. Get new energy. Maybe, for the viewers, fun facts, especially to the, the guys listening out there. I know you guys probably have a crush on this, bro. But we are sponsored by a company that is also sponsoring Genie Bouchard. So, Genie! We're... We're kind of we're kind of a big deal. Not a big deal. We should get her on the pot, eh? Yeah, text your people at New Energy and they'll hook us up for sure. So, watch out for the future. We'll be talking hockey with Gina Bouchard in a couple weeks. Adam, just drop her a DM. Say, hey, you know what? New Energy sponsoring us too. It's not a big deal. It's uh, we'll we'll get her on eventually. One of these times. Um, I don't think she's a WHL fan, but I know you are. And uh, conference finals. Going on right now, what shocked you? What's uh, what's shaking there? Uh, I think the biggest shock has probably been, I guess, how close the Swift series is. Like, I think I said, I said Swift Current in six, and I still believe that, but them losing games three and four, like 5-1, five, 5-1, one, five, one, and just, like, honestly getting smoked in them, and then even being taken to overtime in game two, like, it's way closer than they would have liked it, but... I think I still said six, and I was talking to a former player of theirs, and he's texting me about it, and he said, yeah, like, honestly, I hope that it's a long series and a good series. Like, it'd be a pretty bad look for the league, like, if it lasts four games, but 
Yeah, I think I still think Swift and six, and then the other series. Uh, I guess every every one tonight, so they're up three one. So I would have expected that one to go six or seven, just because of how hot Tri City was. But we talked about us questioning their goaltending, and sure enough, they give up a eight spot in game three. So yeah, they're on the verge of elimination. It's tough to come back three one when you don't have home ice. You put a big rip on Tri City's net mining there, and they sucked. I mean, they allowed a two point conversion. Game number four. That's like your biggest game of the series. They go and choke that, or game three, whatever. They go and choke that one. Then you lose game four. You're down three one against a team like Everett. I think they're even heading back to Everett now. So yeah, good luck there. Yeah. Swift Current heading back home. They've got to win and they've got to get that momentum because if if they don't do it in six, they're not doing it in seven. Lethbridge has that. Lethbridge has that little bit of like underdog hate. Like, oh, Swift Current stacked well, they're up. Playing, they're playing with house money. Like, there's absolutely zero pressure on them. Yeah, true. I mean, like, they're they're like the ones, like, oh, well, they just bought our best players. We got younger. We've got better. Like, we've got Barlogi now. And I I think if, if Swift Current doesn't win in six, Lethbridge is winning in seven. So that's, uh, put those picks on it. Other than that, um, oh, SJHL champion, shout out, Nipawin Hawks. Carter Dirksen, little friend of the show there. We'll have to get him on one of these times. I think we played like Bantams and Pee Wee and stuff together. Good old Swift kids, Sasky boys. So shout out to Nipwin. Huge uh, seven game series there. It was good. It was, uh, you know, I think that's exactly what that league needed. Uh, a good series. Good to see those guys come together to, to finish off strong because, dude, I mean, ho- hockey heels and now they've got continue that season they they got to take on the MJHL champions i think it was steinbach i'm not too sure who won the mj but yeah steinbach is yeah, that steinbach is that the doyle or what do they call that one what do they call that uh, champ or that the pistons no 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 no, oh, no. the anavet cup yeah that's what it is the anavet cup that's uh they're bringing that one i like that that's cool that's a uh, that's a pretty bad th- or badass thing to bring back so Seven game series, the MJ and the SJ. That's going way back, like back to when my dad played. I think was when they did that. Yeah, that's that's a while back, and I think it's a cool idea. Just like how you got SJ MJ, and it's it's better than like doing those little mini series where if you lose like the first game, like you kind of get screwed by it. But um, yeah, I think uh, it's a good idea. It's just the only thing is. You don't get representation from Saskatchewan or Manitoba, so it kind of becomes irrelevant in that province. But it's still good. You know, I'm I'm sure it's extra money for those leagues too. So it it's cool. It's something where you know it's it's extra long season kind of adds on to it a bit. But end of the day, I'm a fan, definitely a big fan. I'm not a round robin guy at all, so don't need my thoughts on there. Uh, what's been trending on Twitter? I've I mean we've kind of been. Throwing out a little bit of fire, a little bit of heat at some people. But yet again, the most things that I see is just Leafs fans that are complaining 24-7s and uh, Oilers fans are kind of MIA. Not much. Ish, Ishra or Isha still replies to every single one of our tweets. And he ripped me because I said Panarin didn't even play the last three games of the Capital Series. But yeah, shout out to him for being a fan of our show. And yeah, we just I tweeted something funny about Taylor Hall not winning more playoff series than Adam Larson. Uh, so that was kind of funny. It, it didn't really get any backlash, which I think people knew I was joking. 
So yeah. I don't think so. That's uh I love how we always shout out our like one biggest fan each week, Isha. Who's like, that eleven eleven skin guy also? I think he's from here. Oh dude, no, he's like the fort like a manager guy. Danny Dunks, guy's a beauty. Him and uh that him and Marshall are chirping each other on there. Guy's a guy's a beauty. Loves what we do, so um might have to get him on the show one of these times. He's actually like the interim like fill in head coach, so Coaching senior trips, the guy's a beauty. Other thing, uh, I seen uh, Team Canada this morning, the under 18s. Couple of, or no, one Saskatoon blade there, but they go and butcher it. They're playing like the worst seeded team, the Czechs. They go and lose in the quarterfinals. So, just another Canadian uh, disappointment in international play. Not too surprised there. Did you get to catch many of that tournament or any of it? No, it was too early. Like, I'd watch the highlights and kind of read about it on Twitter, but it's just, like, the pressure of the pressure on these kids to go and play and represent your country. It's, like, the biggest pressure they've ever had, and, like, usually at the end of the day, like, they don't live up to it because they're just, like, 16 and 17. Oh, for sure. I know numerous people that, like, represented Canada, like, the U-17s and stuff and U-18s even. And then, dude, I mean, most of them don't even finish out their dub careers. Like, they're playing in the SJ or the AJ by the end of it. It's it's really hard to, to predict a kid at that age. Obviously, not everyone's Connor McDavid out there. And uh, other than that, uh, some European hockey things there. Uh, Cheska, we had that one, that Russian guy, that crazy guy on Twitter, kept uh, commenting. He, com- he, he sent us, like, seven tweets. I'm pretty sure he was just fire-sailing us, like, once Cheska loses, because I put it in my lock of the century, like, there's no way this government-run Red Army team loses. And sure enough, Anton Lander and Robbie Klinkhammer and the Akbar's crew go and beat them in the finals. So maybe the Oilers should look at bringing them back, eh? No. Hard no. Those guys, those guys were, like... Oh, man, like, Anton Lander scored one goal in 63 games one year. Like, I, I remember Todd Nelson uh, came up or whatever, and, like, we fired a coach, Todd Nelson came up, and Lander had, like, 20 points in 40 games, and people were like, like, this guy could be our next third-line center. And we're like, oh, shit, like, this guy's doing good. Then the next year, he didn't score until game 63, and it went off a shin pad, and then, like, I think that was about all she wrote for Anton. One bingo, 61 games. So I think yeah, you, there I think you, go. you I think you said 63 or something, so you still might have messed that one up. Not a big deal. Um, but, hey, they're champions, so maybe the Oilers look at bringing them back? Possibly? Potentially? I don't know. But he finished off in the A with, like, 55 points. He's assist, assistant captain, Bakersfield. The American League. He was also their captain in OKC, or, uh, yeah, OKCA with the Barons. He was the captain of that team for two yeah, years. Yeah, because he, he played there for so long. Because he was unable to make the NHL. Okay, he played there for like three years. I would not say that. He's the most so. veteran guy. <laughs> they're going They're going by a GP in the NHL. Fair enough. Now, now you're throwing out some reasonable facts, but... Uh, last thing overseas, uh, Martin Neckash, that Carolina kid, he's a 99. First round, uh, 12th overall pick there of Carolina. Tore up the extra league of playoffs. Well, didn't really tear it up, but dude, he was nasty. Especially in the final series, he had like 
five or six points. Come out of Bernal, back-to-back champions. Not a big deal. Yeah, dude, this kid is going to be filthy. He's big, he's fast, he's skilled. And you've seen him in preseason too. Like, he played one NHL game this year and then went back overseas. But I think it's just going to help his development. Like, this kid could be, should be in the show next year. Oh, yeah, easy. Like, I think he still needs to add, like, probably like 15, 20 pounds just to be able to play with the big boys. But, yeah, we were... It was Carolina and Edmonton and Stoon, and, like, we only went because McDavid and Drysaddle were playing, like, once we saw the Lions. And then, yeah, on Carolina, I was like, okay, like, Ajo's playing. I think Skinner played. Uh, Skinner was treating, like, a preseason game, though. And then, yeah, that Natchez guy, he was nasty. And, like, me and my dad were like, holy, like, this guy's the second best player on the ice after McDavid. That's impressive. That's some. He was nasty in the World Juniors, too. Like, he was, uh, he moves the puck well. Like, he sees the ice great. I, I think he's going to be, uh, one of those good players. And could you imagine if Carolina goes and hires, like, Gullitson or something? That would be hilarious. Make my day for sure. At, at least Bill Peter, at least Bill Peters won't ruin Nekish's development. <laughs> like he has for everyone else. Um, one more before we wrap it up, though, uh, World Championships Division 2 going on. Shout out to the boys from Netherlands. A couple of guys there, Robert Jolie, playing over there. It's like, uh, dude, they're playing against Iceland, Serbia, China. That's unreal. What a tournament, too. It's in, it's in Netherlands, too. It's like, they're the host country, and right now they're ripping it up. Like, they've outscored their opponents, like, 23 to 1, so... Looks like the the Dutch guys are flying. Anything else uh, going on this week for you there, eh, Chief? Uh, not really. I think we're going to have a World Hockey Report meeting maybe like Saturday afternoon when you're in town. So, oh, yeah. the, the boys are going to be ripping up Toontown. Uh, sweaters are in. We've got new energy ready to go. I'm sure we might be able to find one of those uh, alcohol booze stores in Saskatoon if we uh, know how to get into one of those. So uh, might be able to hit one of those up. And yeah, boys are getting in one. Maybe uh, check out the Rush game on the weekend. Big weekend planned. No no uh, live show coming to you. But uh, once again, shout out 12 Ounce Sports Radio. Hooking the boys up every Friday, 6 o'clock Eastern Time, 4 o'clock. If you're in Berta or Saski, check us out there. Check out 12 Ounce Sports Radio. they got so many, like, 45, 50-plus sports shows. All the best sports talk. You don't have any of that BS that you hear on TSN, Sportsnet. I don't even think Saskatoon or Saskatchewan has any sports radio stations. So, I mean, yet again, you're in the best there's of like all. A, uh, there's like a sports... Yeah, there isn't. Fuck them. There's nothing. There's nothing there. But, uh, nothing like us. Nothing as good as us. Nothing as good as us. World Hockey Report. Of course, go check out the blog and on Twitter at WorldHockeyRPT. Cool fact of the night, Tom Kostopoulos, uh last uh, pro hockey game tonight. Somehow he played 630 NHL regular season games and 722 uh, regular season AHL games. So that's all the boring facts I have for you. Uh, I got to go to bed, though. Finals kind of drained me out, and it is officially Friday here. So see ya. Peace. <laughs>